The Bible Study Podcast, episode 216. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Daniel with chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today we get into an episode in Daniel 5 where the king of Babylon sees the writing on the wall. And you may have wondered about that expression since your mother, like my mother, probably never let you put handwriting on the wall. But that is, in fact, what happens to the king of Babylon. And once again, he calls upon the one who can interpret things, Daniel, who's been given that power by God. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from him in Jerusalem. So that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So to set the scene here a bit, Nebuchadnezzar has died. And you may remember that in the previous chapters, Nebuchadnezzar has learned some lessons in humility and has learned some lessons about the power of the God of Israel. So even though he has defeated Israel, he learns that the God of Israel is not defeated, that the God of Israel is the one true God, in the words of Nebuchadnezzar, or the one high God, I think is what he calls him. So part of the thing we need to understand here is so many different countries had their different gods that the way you determined whose god was stronger was who won in battle. And so it would be common to believe that the gods of Babylon would be stronger than the gods of Israel because Israel was defeated. But Nebuchadnezzar learns otherwise. He learns otherwise when he sends three Israelites, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to the fiery furnace, and they're joined by an angel of God, and they are not just, and they are not killed. And then he learns again when he gets kind of full of himself and has to spend part of his life then off in the wilderness, mad as a beast. So even though he has learned that lesson, he has apparently not passed that on to his son because his son is doing something here that God may find offensive. God, he is taking the holy vessels, and I mean holy in terms of set apart for God's use. He is taking those holy vessels and he is using those for his own personal private party. And you may see that that might be something that God would have an objection about. And so indeed, that's the problem that Belshazzar runs into. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners and said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So this is something that's going to be frightening. Not only does he get something of a vision like his father did, but he actually sees this hand, and so do his guests, come out of thin air and write something on the wall, and he doesn't understand what it means. 
So kind of doubly frightening here. There's a message being sent to me in a very supernatural way, and I don't know what the message is. And I'm willing to give up part of the authority in my kingdom just to figure out what this message means. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he will tell you what the writing means. Now, interesting thing about this story here is the queen comes in and provides wisdom and wise counsel. Two things interesting about that. One is the queen was not there when he made this choice, apparently. He was with his wives, it says. So this was a different wife, the queen. But he was with his wives and his concubines, but she wasn't with them. So there's something about this person who has some wisdom. And some people translate this the queen mother. So this might be that this is Nebuchadnezzar's widow who comes in at this point and says, there is someone who can do this. There is someone who can interpret this and tells them about Daniel. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you, Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. This is interesting that Daniel refuses at this point at least up front, to claim, as we'll see, credit for this, but also to claim any gifts. He's not going to profit by this. This isn't the reason that he was given this gift by God. He was given this gift because interpretation is needed. Wisdom is needed. And Daniel is stepping in here to give the king the interpretation that was intended by God to be given to the king. Your Majesty, the Most High God, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was 
deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven, until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes." Now, there's only one thing that Daniel gets wrong, and that is those he wanted to put to death, he put to death because we saw at least three people who were thrown into a fiery furnace that would attest otherwise. But in general, he was a powerful king, had a lot of glory and splendor. He was feared by everyone else. And Daniel says that is because of the authority given to him by God and stripped away from him when he refused to recognize that God could put anyone he wanted on the throne and then give it back when he was humbled again. And then here's the kicker. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. Now, they were doing all of that dining and whining probably in secret. So it would be interesting that Daniel 1 knows what was happening. Now, that would be part of the interpretation, perhaps, that Daniel even knew, and that would give the king some understanding that the rest of what Daniel said is going to be true. Sort of like his father, the king, who wasn't going to tell the wise men what his dream was, but they needed to tell him. This is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, take out parson. This is what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple, a gold chain placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, King Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So Daniel basically says this is a prophecy, the writing is on the wall. And this is where that phrase comes from. Things are over for you. Your kingdom is going to be handed to the Medes and the Persians. The time of Babylon is done. And the last act he has is he proclaims Daniel the third highest ruler in the kingdom, and the kingdom falls that very night. So that might be the other reason why Daniel says keep your rewards, because his rewards, it turns out, have no long-term value. And so the basic lesson in this is the same one that King Nebuchadnezzar had to learn about humility. The cost for his son is higher, and I wonder if it is higher because his son already had his father's example and did not learn from it. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on on your favorite podcasting app.